Welcome to Job Sharing and Beyond, the future of work podcast that goes beyond the traditional nine to five. I am Karen Tischler, speaker, consultant, and host of the show, where we hear from global experts every other week to discover innovative solutions and tips on how to remain a relevant employer in the future. Hello, everyone. Before we get started with our podcast guest today, talking about fathers among other topics, I wanted to share a great piece of research written by Lee T. Gettler, an associate professor of Notre Dame University. He writes that new anthropological research suggests And I'm quoting here, caring dad may have laid the evolutionary foundations for provider dad. To learn more details why this is the case, I will put the link to the article in our show notes. This is the type of interesting research findings that I share in the monthly EPC Emily's Past Consulting newsletter. I also provide updates of previous podcast guests and sneak previews of future guests. Typically, we have a Q&A interview included as well. The next issue will be coming out at the end of this month. To subscribe to it, to read the unabridged version, either go to our website at emilyspath.ca, which is E-M-I-L-Y-S-P-A-T-H dot C-A, or check out the show notes for the link. And now I am delighted to introduce our guest today, Robert Frischbier. After receiving his diploma in business administration, he worked in the automotive industry for about 12 years. While being responsible for the quality management and inside sales, Robert learned how difficult it was for a young parent to balance work and life in a very traditional industry. In our conversation, Robert will share more about this experience and why he subsequently, together with his wife, co-founded Zwei Paar Schultern, which means two pairs of shoulders, and describes their own lifestyle best. Besides his work as a consultant and coach, Robert works as an auditor for the renowned Bertelsmann Foundation, certifying companies as family-friendly employers. Welcome to the show, Robert. Hi, Karin. It's really nice to have you here. Yeah, thank you for the invitation. I'm, I'm looking so much forward to it. Thank you very, very much. So now we have listeners from all over the world. A lot of them might be wondering, where are you calling in from? And are there any particular sites or food that you like that you can recommend to them? I'm calling in from Berlin. Some may know this is the capital of Germany. So... If you've been here, then you may have seen the Brandenburg Gate or the TV Tower. If not, you should do so. And talking about the special food, um, I, I'm, I'm more the a traditional um, Berlin-raised person. So um, it's the curry sausage, the curry wurst, uh, as we say here. And um, it's more or less a grilled um, sausage with a lot of uh, tomato sauce and spices. So very tasty. And meanwhile, I know you are a vegetarian. And meanwhile, you also get it as uh, in the ver veggie version. That's pretty impressive. Yes, it's like because when I was growing up in Germany and Bavaria is, um, yeah, it's a little meat heavy there. So that's good to know. So I should try that out. Now, 
I have found it so interesting to learn about all your work. And I, I've gotten an introduction and so have, I'm sure, some of the listeners here by reading about your interview in the Q&A guest interview that I have as part of the Emily's Path Consulting newsletter. Now, in case somebody has not had the chance to read the interview, could you tell our listeners a little bit why you started your company, Zwei Paar Schultern? When I became a father, um, my life and my mindset, um, according to career and job, um, changed totally. So my focus was now on the family life, more or less. And I learned that it's really hard um, to have a good work-life balance if you uh, want to be a good father and if you want to work as well. And so did my wife. So she learned as well that it's hard to yeah, um, have a career further on with a child um, and to be a good mom at the same time. So we, yeah, we developed our own and very good working system uh, on this topic. So we decided to work on uh, both in our jobs. Um, but also to um, be there for our child, for our newborn son all the time. Um, he was uh, the most important uh, new fact in our life. Um, so we developed uh, our own system and it was working quite well. But it was a lot of pioneer work for both of us. So I was working in a very traditional industry at this time. Um, it was the automobile industry in Germany. Uh, a lot of male leaders in this industry still and if you go to your boss and say okay i want to stay at home with my child for four months the law is on your side in germany so we have a very good parental allowance system here in germany it's very very good for men as well as for women but you feel or you see um, other borders so you feel that you are not invited to all the meetings anymore um, that there are talks behind your back and so on. So it, it is rather difficult, but it's okay. You, you decided to be a father, you do so. Um, on some point of my life, I didn't want to do this pioneer work inside the company anymore. I wanted um, to change the whole system, more or less. So I decided um, to found uh, Zwei Schulten, our company, which explains our system very well because uh, everything that we do is uh, based on two pair of shoulders. Um, and so from this point on, um, I started to accompany uh, or to, to work with uh, companies um, and help them to be employer friendly and uh, yeah, to help as many people as possible to become good fathers and uh, mothers beside their jobs. And I'm so appreciative because I think there is still such a lack of male role models all across the world, really. And so to me, to raise awareness and for you to say, you know, you've been in an industry that is maybe more male focused and then to stand up and say, yes, I'm taking that amount of paternity leave. When you look at Japan, for example, they have exceptionally long paternity leave, but the actual percentage of male um, of fathers who take it is, I'm trying to remember, I think it was like 8%. And, and they could, I think, take up to a year of paternity leave. But it is because from a um, societal and I'm sure like um, company perspective still so rare that they just 
don't do it because there isn't enough of a male role model, especially in the senior um, business um, you know, areas. So, so I'm very appreciative of all your pioneer work. So now you are also hosting a podcast. And now could you share with our listeners a little bit about what is the mission of your podcast and maybe share a few examples of the type of um, people you have interviewed in the past? Uh, you, you perfectly brought it on the, on the point uh, uh, right now because it's a lack of uh, role models. And not only um, fathers who do uh, career as well and, and have a child, um, but also for, for companies who are looking um, at new ideas, who, who are developing their own systems, their own supporting systems maybe. Um, and uh, the idea of the podcast is um, to uh, put those role models into the spotlight. And not only the big players, um, we, we have like uh, Zalando, Amazon and so on in our podcast, but as well the small, the small ones um, who have very, very good ideas. And um, they have the problem, they don't get the workforce they need here in Germany because the good workers like gold right now here in Germany, you don't get them. So they have to, to do a lot. They, they cannot pay the money the big players pay. Um, so, so the the SME uh, they have to do a lot to get good people um, to the workforce. So they they develop very good ideas how to support employees, and uh, it it needs to be seen, it needs to inspire others to do so as well. So that's the idea of our podcast. And I really appreciate this, Robert. And that is also ultimately the idea I have on this podcast that in often. It is, you know, in different languages, so people just will not be able to know about examples, whether that is, you know, somebody like you having an organization that really is focused on um, yeah, creating more of role models for fathers and the what you have described as the intersectionality between new work and work-life balance, which I think is really awesome. And so, um, you know, I, I'm always, for any listener out there, I'm always looking for best case examples. So say if you live in South America or Africa or Asia, and there is somebody who might have a smaller organization, but in order to win the war for talent, is really um, coming up with amazing ideas. It would be wonderful to hear about it. And so, um, Robert, I'm really appreciative that you are sharing that today because I feel there is so much that can be done to really come up with innovative ideas to help people and um, make a work-life balance a more common um method that helps not just this generation but you know learning from the role models for the future to come yeah yeah totally and now um besides your work for two um pairs of shoulders you're also an assessor for the Bertelsmann foundation's quality stamp as a family friendly employer and I just find that so interesting. Now, could you share some highlights about your work and what are you looking for when you're evaluating an organization 
for that stamp of approval as a family-friendly employer? Well, basically, it is important to know it's not just about uh, parent friendliness, um, but also I'm checking the working conditions for, for all of the employers. So it's also the people who uh, needs to care about uh, relatives or who are volunteers or whatever. So the idea is um, to make an employer-friendly environment for, for all employers. Um, what I'm checking is basically the same as I would do if I'm checking your quality management system. So I'm looking um, at your processes, at your communication, the leadership style, of course, um, but also what kind of, of, of working time models do you have? How do you support your employers in every way of life? So um, this is what I'm looking for. And it's, um, yeah, many, many companies pretend to be friendly um, to mm -hmm. their employers, but um, practice what you preach. So are you really doing? This is what I'm checking. And so now with the flexible work here in, in North America, Canada, and in the US, I've looked at a stamp of approval where it says best family friendly employer. And I've noticed they do have people list or companies list, you know, the number of part-time employees and the number of full-time employees. But what I have not seen is you know, how many of your part-time employees are actually beyond entry-level positions. So do you evaluate that? Like, you know, are there career opportunities in a way that is beyond the typical full-time work? And what about job sharing and top sharing? Uh, absolutely. This is this is a, a very uh, important point that I'm checking. Um, how flexible is your work? Um, how easy is it to to become a leader uh, or, or manage a person if you're on on part time job? And um, so so this is absolutely what I'm checking in approval. Can you share some examples of maybe companies that have like a particularly interesting way to? do that that for a listener could be of help if, if i come to a new company that i um, have to check it's it's always interesting to see um the lack of information about um this topic i'm talking to the manager and of course he yeah. or she knows that there are 10 12 maybe 15 20 work time models inside the company and then i speak to the workforce and i try to um do the evaluation with every employer in the company um, mm -hmm. And then I see, okay, each one of them knows about two or three, maybe four or five um, work time models, but the demand is much higher. So I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, to, to help the company to fill this lack and um, to give more visibility of the possibilities that are already existing in this company. Um, and, and I must say, the companies are already very creative in uh, developing new work time models and very um, supporting to their, to their employees uh, concerning this topic. That is, you know, a topic very dear to my heart. And that's why the name of the podcast is Job Sharing hmm? and Beyond, because here in North America, flexible work has been, you know, seen in the past, I think, as something that just sort of maybe doesn't quite fit with the, you know, the working life. And I really feel that COVID has brought up flexible work much more because 
people are simply realizing it just doesn't work to have a full-time job as well as doing the homeschooling as well as doing all the unpaid care work. And, yep. and then the other thing, the fact that all of a sudden overnight people moved from being in the office all the time to remote work, I really hope and feel that that's sort of a starting point to um, more flexibility mm. of work. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I agree. And um, so before COVID, would you then also have as one of your sort of flexibility criteria how many, you know, people are able to work from home and whether or not that is sort of a, a possibility to do that full-time working from home? Yeah, yeah. Be before COVID, it was, was a totally different situation. Many companies, maybe they were able uh, to send uh, a lot of their, their workforce into home office, but they were not able to, to lead these people anymore. So, so the, the middle and the top management, uh, they were not prepared to lead people um, from distance. So and this was one of the, the most complicated issues in the beginning of COVID. No one was prepared beside the technical preparation. I sometimes felt that work was evaluated by the number of hours you were sitting at a desk yep. rather than the productivity of the, the work you were actually doing. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Uh, it, it was like, uh, who, who, who sits as long as uh, on his desk uh, is the winner. I, I don't know. I completely agree. And I always felt that if somebody, whether male or female, has obligations, whether that is caregiving or looking after elderly people or, or some other outside of work um, responsibilities would typically lose that game because they would have to leave at mm -hmm. a um, preset time yeah 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 so now as we're talking about flexibility i just thought it was fascinating that when zurich uk the insurance company recently shared that they added six words to any job description which is part-time job share and flexible work they had they saw a significant increase in the number of applicants. And interestingly, it was both for male as well as female applicants. And um, it was also for um, more senior positions. Do you know of examples where maybe a company has changed that type of um, you know, job um, application description? And if that has then changed the number of applicants they um, receive. Yep, uh, ab absolutely. With all the companies I'm working with, uh, on the first hand, if, if you change your processes and, and if you talk about that, you are now offering flexible work and part-time job and so on, the first effect is a decrease of fl fluctuation. This is the first impact that you can really measure. On the second step, um, they start to get more applications. On the desk so now they are in a position to choose between the employers they want to hire and not anymore to take anyone who who just uh, steps by it's it's definitely and it's uh, measurable we've talked a lot of people applying but one set of the workforce that struggles often when applying is the people who are returning back to the paid workforce after a long period of absence. So in the US and in England and in India, 
there are so-called returnships, which is basically like an internship for returners. And um, to me, that was when I first started doing some research, like a fascinating method or solution to really help both parties to allow these often women to, you know, test out an organization, maybe learn some new technical skills they might be not aware of, and at the same time, really demonstrate all the skills they have learned prior to leaving the paid workforce, as well as the additional skills they have learned during their unpaid um, care work. So is that something that you also, you know, look for, or does that exist in Germany, or what kind of... Um, um, support is there. Well, uh, on this topic, all the German companies, they should uh, look abroad because this is a topic that is, uh, yeah, not very good solved in Germany. On the one side, you have um, the, the persons, men or women, um, who are leaving for a certain time because they become fathers or mothers. This is okay because the companies, meanwhile, they try not to, to lose um, these people. Um, They let them go. They keep them updated how the company is developing uh, all the news. And after a few months or maybe a year or one and a half year, they return and they return. Yeah, quite, quite good informed uh, how the business is going. But then you have, like you said, um, the persons who are leaving for a long time, maybe also leaving the company, not being what they ever learned uh, mm -hmm. anymore. And, and then return after three, four, five, six years, maybe um want to join the workforce again but there are so many news so this is not very well solved in germany and today just just today tesla mm -hmm. announced um they are building here in in the berlin area a very very big uh new uh, gigafactory and they announced mm -hmm. that they want to um hire also persons who are out of of the jobs for a long time and i'm i'm really looking on on this if they help those people um to become a part of the workforce again and how will they do it i feel there is just such a potential because you read so much about the war for talent mm. and to me that is like an invisible part really of the workforce and i feel one of the things that COVID really has done has highlighted more what um, work it really takes to do caregiving yeah. for children or looking after elderly relatives. And so in a way, I'm hoping it allows more hiring managers to really say, oh, yeah, somebody was out for 5, 10, 15 years. But, you know, from my own experience of the last year, I have seen the skills, transferable business skills that really can be gained from patience, empathy, multitasking, time management. There are so many different competencies. Absolutely. It's always uh, tell the managers, think about what these people learn during the time. It's effectiveness. Parents are most effective. Also, they are the best project managers in the world you can get. So <laughs> multitasking, you already mentioned. So so there are so many skills that they learn in this time. So you need to have a look at it. One of my previous guests, Alex Su Yang Kim Peng, he mm -hmm. told me that because some... Um, organizations are looking to doing the four-day work week and therefore focusing more on 
productivity rather than number of hours worked, that they are in particular actually looking for um, working parents because they know that the, they are very focused on their tasks because they you know, have to leave at a certain time. And so they are actually very much actively looking forward to hiring them, which I thought, you know, was a very positive sign. Absolutely. Yeah. And to me, you know, I always feel one ought to have some marketing campaign or advertising. You know, I look at Sweden, how they had in the 70s, the famous wrestler holding yes. his little baby to sort of show the public you can be a man and you can you know do care work right yeah yeah absolutely yeah and and so from my perspective i always feel maybe one should do something that says okay you know i don't know describe a normal day in the video and then say okay transferable business skills learned or you know you have side by side a manager doing his or her like you know leading of employees versus somebody else doing um you know like guiding their child to you know move along in the school system or or take risks or you know do independent projects so yeah yeah but but also also the small steps why not just refuse an invitation for a meeting because you need to take care of your child You're absolutely right. And there I see a huge opportunity for senior leaders, because mm -hmm. often if like the big boss says, nope, I am not able to do this. Like I had um, attended a recent online event um, like from academia. And after the main part of the event, there was sort of some online mingling opportunities And um, the host of the event said, we, uh, you know, I'm very sorry that the actual key speaker cannot attend because he has a very important um, business that he had to, has to do. And then he said he has to cook dinner for his family. Great. And I just felt that was so important. And we go right back to, you know, the role models. Mm -hmm. Anybody listening to this might hopefully the next time say, I can state that too. Yeah. And yeah, good example. Yeah. And, um, and you had mentioned before Zalando. I mean, I don't know if you've seen this, but like, especially like on the English speaking um, side of the world, there has been such a um, discussion about, um, Ritter saying that he is not only stepping down, but that also he is um, prioritizing his um, wife's um, professional career as well as doing care work because um, she's pregnant with their second child. And, and I, I sort of feel it is so important to highlight this and for him to actually make that statement. He would not have had to do that necessarily. Uh, absolutely. And I want many, many more of, of, of those examples. Uh, I also want politicians. Please, male politicians, do so. Yes. And, and also, please, 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 the first soccer player in German uh, uh, profi soccer. 
league. Please uh, step by, uh, back uh, because your your girlfriend or your wife uh, wants to to do a career as well. And you're right. That is a really really interesting idea because you need a lot of high profile examples. And I've been in a lot of discussions where people feel that well, um, why do we have to highlight that particular person when in like probably daily, female professionals step down because of the career for their respective partner. And while I agree that that is the case, in order to change society's attitude, if men don't know that there are other role models, they just really you know, don't think about it. So I love the idea about the professional soccer player mm -hmm. in Germany. Yeah, yeah. That would be a sign. We've been talking about your role as the evaluator. And what happens when somebody applies to become a more, you know, a, to get the family friendly stamp of approval, but maybe they simply are not quite ready or there are some challenges. What do you do then? Well, the, the, the idea is, is not just to, to check the situation, but also to help the company to to pass um, the whole evaluation so if, if we come on a certain point where we see okay this is not enough what you are doing you are not supporting your employers or uh, they 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 just don't they, they can't balance uh, work and life so then together we develop a strategy how can they become the family friendly employer they want to be this is this is also always a working process that we are passing together And in the end, maybe not in the first step, but, but maybe a few weeks or a few months later, uh, they will pass. I honestly think it is a very brave thing to do because having somebody external come in, there likely will be evaluations and revelations that what maybe senior management perceives to be a perfectly working um, organization or process will maybe not be always as perfect as they might think. That's right. Um, but really problematic uh, will it be if the top management um, doesn't commit to the whole idea. If it's just, uh, yeah, please HR, uh, get us those stamp, then it will not um, be possible because it needs to, to be uh, yeah celebrated from top to the bottom. So if, say, somebody gets the stamp of approval, is that then on a permanent basis or is that for a certain period of time and then they have to have it re-evaluated or how does that work? Yeah, the, the re-evaluation re um, will be after three years. So we've um, alluded a little bit to earlier about COVID. Are there any best practice examples of services activities that you have seen from employers, family-friendly employers during the pandemic that you could say, that was really a surprise. That was amazing how they took care of their employees. Yeah, especially in the, in the first lockdown, it was very important um, that you show as, as, a, as a company, as a manager, that you trust your people. Um, it, was, it was all about trust somehow. So you need to show or you needed to show uh, that that you understand their current situation 
they maybe have to to homeschool their kids or uh, to be very very careful about their health and there were also a lot of fears around and so so you need to to show that you understand their current situation and it was when when i worked with the managers at, the, at this time and they asked me what shall they do right now so in the beginning we we always learned together how do you ask how your employers feel right now and mm -hmm. really take care about the answer in the end so so not just yeah how are you and now let's talk about um, the last meeting no but really how are you how can i help you what do you need from me and really um this this was what we did in the in the first uh, lockdown um there were a lot of very good examples uh, of, of companies who, who did very well they sent small gifts Like, like chocolate or, or just to show we think about you, take care of yourself, take a break if you need and, and so on. And um, we trust that you are working as well um, as you did without COVID, if possible. And yeah, then it was also very important um, to make sure that the working conditions are well, because yeah, we, we had problems with, with hardware. It was just not enough hardware for, for everybody who needed. Um, you maybe had one tablet or one, one laptop at home, but you, your child needed one um, for homeschooling and um, maybe both partners uh, needed the hardware as well. Um, so how could the company support their, their workforce in, uh, on these topics? Maybe give them one, one tablet more Uh, also, they need only one or, or something. Yeah, there were a lot of small good examples. That is really, really interesting. And um, I think um, long term, if a employee is feeling really taken care of, and as you said, you know, little things like a chocolate or just feeling that people really value them and and take care of them as as a person, that that will probably lead to more employee retention in the long run and also sort of distinguish an organization that really believes in its mission and sees their employees not just as a cost point rather than their biggest asset really. Yeah, it is the biggest asset. The people, the workforce, that is what you take uh, need to take care of. The machines, okay, yeah, but but the people, that's that's the point. Now talking about employees as assets. So now, on the one hand, we have seen more female professionals having to reduce their work or leave paid work altogether because of the unequal distribution of homeschooling duties, care work duties during COVID and some real fear that we are going back to the 50s as far as role models is concerned. But on the other hand, we have also recently seen an increase in laws and initiatives to get to more diversity, such as the Stay On Board initiative in Germany for board members to take a temporary leave of absence for illness or for caregiving duties which currently is not possible. And the female quota for C-suites in German corporations, as well as NASDAQ introducing for companies that want to trade on NASDAQ to have at least one female representative on their corporate board, as well as one additional member of a marginalized group on the board as well. And so now as we are looking at all of this, Where do you see this all going? So, you know, how do you feel 
might all of this change also, you know, the evaluation or assessment for family friendly employers? Well, um, at least I, I hope <laughs> that, that all what we just talked about will be uh, totally normal in a few years. So this this is my my hope, uh, my, my idea of my whole working, that all the companies will, will be diverse as well as family friendly, uh, as well as, of course, effective and have a successful business life. Yeah, it's like, you know, when you look at the different reports that have come out that show the more diverse an organization is, it not only helps the actual people, but from a financial perspective, it makes sense because it, yeah. it creates more innovative solutions and um, the, the margins of um, these organizations tend to therefore increase as well. Yeah, I would love to talk with you forever, <laughs> but um, we're coming towards an end. So, is there like any thought or quote or statistics or a question related to your work that you would like to leave our listeners with? So something they can sort of, you know, ponder about? I would like to leave a thought or maybe a question to every listener. And just in particular, what can you do to make others' life or others' work-life balance better? So because there's always something you can do. And it's at least the time you're setting a meeting. So do you set a meet set up a meeting uh, um, after 3 p.m. or earlier? So uh, there's always something you can do to make others' work-life balance better. So what is it that you can do? Think about it. How can our listeners communicate or contact you? Yeah, I think the easiest way is uh, via LinkedIn. Just type in my name. I think I'm the only Robert Frischbier there, so you will find me. <laughs> That sounds great. Well, thank you so much, Robert, for being a guest on the show. I so appreciated having you. Thank you for having me. It was really nice. Thank you so much for listening to the show. We hope you gained valuable insights and new ideas. To keep listening to future episodes, please head over to iTunes or your favorite player and subscribe and give it a rating. We would very much appreciate a review and for you to share it on social media so more people can start innovating in how they offer employment. Until the next time, goodbye.